Hello everyone, this is Falaka Malafe from Fresh Inspiration. Today I want to be talking to you about the healing anointing. And we're going to look at the Bible in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, where the Bible says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, when you look at Acts chapter 10, it was an account of where Peter had gone to meet a Gentile who was by the name of Cornelius. So Peter had had this experience with God where obviously before now, Peter was only ministering and preaching to the Jews. And he had an encounter, a vision where the Holy Spirit specifically asked him to go to the house of Cornelius and to go and minister the word and minister salvation to his house. So when we look at verse 34, when Peter gets to the house of Cornelius, the Bible says that then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. And I just want to keep that statement with us because it's something that as Christians, we need to always remember that in truth, the God that we serve, shows no partiality. Some other versions will say that in truth, God is not a respecter of persons. Some will say that God is impartial. And that is so true for us as Christians today. And how did he demonstrate his impartiality? By getting the gospel from the Jews to the Gentiles. And so even now the Bible says that that we're all one in Christ Jesus. So it's not partial. And when it comes to the gifts of God, when it comes to the blessings that we receive from God, he also shows no partiality. And that is so important because everybody can be healed. Everybody can prosper. Everybody can be saved. Everybody can walk in the blessings of God. Everybody can because God does not prefer one to the other. And the key differentiator is whosoever believes. So as you read here, you see in verse 35, it says, but in every nation, whoever, so this is where it starts to put the onus on you and I. So it's made this broad statement, God is impartial. God shows no partiality. It then comes down in verse 35 and says, but in every nation, whoever, whoever is whoever, whoever could be you, it could be me. Whoever could be anyone, It says, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. And I'm just focusing on these two verses because I know sometimes we think that maybe God prefers one to the other. We don't say it quite that way. But when we see other people perhaps having things or being able to get things or, you know, enjoying certain things that were not and we're all Christians, it could be like that. But I want you to know. That Acts 10.34 is so true. God is impartial. God shows no partiality. But the owners becomes on you and I. We are the whoever. We are the whoever. It's the same with salvation. Salvation is available for everybody. But you and I know that not everybody is saved. Why? Is it because God is partial? No. But it's because some have chosen not to believe. Because I believe that God gives everybody the opportunity to make that choice. 
And I want us all to make that choice. So when it comes to the blessings and things like healing, we need to start from a point of view of saying, well, I can be healed. I should be healed because God is not a respecter of persons. If he healed that other person, if he healed all the people that we read about in the Bible, then why will he not heal me today? All he's asking me to do is to believe. And that is what this series is all about. So that's some of the context before we then get into verse 38. So I'm just going to read the flow from there just to help you to understand how we get to verse 38. So I'll start again from verse 34. It says, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached. Then he goes on to tell us what the word was. What was the word that was being preached across all of Galilee? What was the word that was being preached throughout all of Judea? And this is the word. The word that was being preached is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And Peter goes on to say, and we are witnesses of all the things which he did because of the anointing in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. So here we have an account of the message that was being preached. And verse 38 says, it was God that anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And when he uses the word Jesus of Nazareth, he's talking about Jesus who came from Nazareth. That's a very natural description of Jesus. That's looking at Jesus as the man, Jesus. So what made the difference was the anointing. So God anointed the man, Jesus, from Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And because of that anointing of the Holy Spirit and power on Jesus of Nazareth, the man Jesus, he was able to do certain things. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. I want you to see that because when we now go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, so let's just turn to Luke chapter 4 because what is so good about the book of Luke is that Luke gives us an orderly account of all these events that happened to Jesus. And in Luke chapter 4, And verse 18, it talks about when Jesus came to Nazareth. So from verse 16, it talks about how Jesus came to Nazareth. And we just saw how God anointed who? Jesus of Nazareth, referring to the man Jesus. So Jesus comes into Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, the scripture says he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. 
and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Here it is. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do certain things. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. We just saw it in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So he's now saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, when did the spirit of the Lord come upon him that he was referring to? So you need to just go back a few, a few verses to Luke chapter Three. If you go to Luke chapter 3 and verse 21 and 22, this is when John was baptizing Jesus. And he says in verse 21, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son in you. I am well, please. So the Bible is very clear. We can see the exact experience of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Now you and I know that for 30 years before then, Jesus had lived on earth and he'd been with his parents. He'd gone to the temple. He'd spoken. They'd wondered about his knowledge in the temple, but he didn't actually start his public ministry till after he was baptized because that was when he was anointed. That was when the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, descended upon him and it was like being released into this ministry that God had for him. So now Jesus himself is saying in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, who is the he there, God, we saw that in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed, because he, God, has anointed me to do certain things. And he tells us why God anointed him. In Acts 10, 38, we read that he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And then he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So he was anointed and because of the anointing with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about and he did good and he healed everyone. All, he didn't say some, he healed all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So let's say with Luke 4.18 for a minute. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus talking. Because he, God, has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And this is exactly when you look at the ministry of Jesus Christ over those three years. This is exactly 
what he did. Now, where was he quoting from? I'm just showing you all of this to lay the foundation. He was quoting from Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1. So when you turn to Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1, you will see what it says. And this is where Jesus was talking from. It says in Isaiah 61 and verse 1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. That's what we just read. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Isaiah goes on further and says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for, for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So we see the accounts. Isaiah talked about how Jesus was going to be anointed with the spirit of the Lord. We've looked in Luke. We've seen when John baptized him and the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. We've now seen the, in Jesus also talking in Luke chapter 4, 18, saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do all these things. And we know he did it and we'll look at it. And then we get to Acts 10, 38, where Paul Sorry, where Peter is saying to Cornelius as he went there that and God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. You see, the anointing of God is such an important thing in our lives. The anointing of God is what enables us to do the things that God has asked us to do. The anointing of God is what makes an ordinary man a super ordinary man in God's eyes. The anointing of God is what enables us to extend the power of God that is in us to other people. You can't do anything without the anointing. You and I cannot do anything at all without the anointing of God. So what is that anointing? The anointing is the power of of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as you reach through the scriptures, you will see many instances where the word anointing is linked to the power of God. So the anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The anointing was the evidence that God was with Jesus and was operating through him. Jesus of Nazareth refers to his humanity. You and I may be thinking, oh, well, Jesus was Jesus. No, Jesus of Nazareth refers to the man, Jesus. But he was then anointed. And because the man, Jesus, was anointed by God, he was able to do everything that God has assigned for him to do. He was able to do good. The Bible says he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Some other scriptures we can look at that talk about how Jesus was anointed 
by God. If we look at Psalm chapter 45 and verse 7, it says, talking of this, it says, You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. God anointed him with the oil of gladness. I like that. He anointed him with the oil of gladness above his companions. And we see Paul referred to that. It is also referred to in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 9, where it says in Hebrews 1, 9, the same thing. You loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So I want you to remember today what the anointing is. The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We see that from Acts 10, 38. The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And you will see all the scriptures in the Bible that link the power of the Holy Spirit to the anointing to just help us to understand that when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, we receive a power. And that power is the enablement, is the anointing of God that enables us to be and to do. You can't do and you can't do so much in the kingdom of God without the power. You can't. We all need the power of God. We all need the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit to help us to do what we do. When you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, For our gospel came not unto you in word, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Our gospel came not to you only in words, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And when you also look at other scriptures like 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, Paul is saying that my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of the power. So you can see that when you're talking about the spirit of God, you're talking about the the power of God and you're talking about the anointing of God. They're, They're like synonymous terms. You know, so the anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit that is working constantly in our lives. And you can also see that in the book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. Because in Luke chapter 1 and verse 35, when we see in the Bible, that talks also to how the power of the Holy Spirit works to create things in our lives. So in Luke 1 35, It talks about how the angel answered. This is the Mary said to the angel, how can this be? How can this be since I know no man? How am I going to bring forth a child? You know, since I do not know any man. So remember what I said to you about Jesus of Nazareth in the man, the natural man, Jesus. So think about Mary here in her own humanity as just who she was. How can somebody give birth without a man? (laughs) That's impossible. You and I know that's impossible. 
But when the Holy Spirit comes in, then it makes a difference because the angel answered and said to her, here we are, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power. Can you see how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power? So as the Holy Spirit came, guess what also came? The power also came. Okay, so it says here, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. How was it going to happen? It was going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God. How are you going to do all the things that you believe God wants you to do? By the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God. It it takes the natural and he makes it supernatural. And that is why in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, what did Jesus say to the disciples in Acts 1-8? Why did Jesus tell the disciples not to go anywhere till they had received the Holy Spirit. Because he said to them in Acts 1.8, But you shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. They needed the power that came with the Holy Spirit. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. What am I saying to you today? I'm showing you that the anointing of God is so important on our lives. The anointing of God is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power. We receive divine enablement that sets us apart and that equips us for all things. And when we look at Acts 10, 38, that anointing was enabled Jesus to heal all that were oppressed. So it's a healing anointing. The anointing heals you. The anointing heals people. The anointing delivers people. The anointing sets people free. We read that in Luke chapter 4, 18. It sets people free. It delivers people. It rescues people and it heals. That is the power of the anointing that is on the inside of us. And you may still be thinking that, but I don't feel very anointed. You know, am I anointed? I can understand Jesus. I can understand that Jesus was anointed. I can understand that the Son of God was anointed. I can even understand that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed. But what about me? Well, I've just read Acts 1.8. And if you have received the Holy Spirit, then you have received the power of God. And therefore, you and I also are anointed. But let's also look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 to 22. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 22. And it says, 
I'm actually going to read it from verse 20 because I like verse 20. Verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yea, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. He who establishes us, that's Paul talking, with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Actually, that word Christ, wherever you see it, is the word Christus and it means anointed. So Jesus Christ is talking about Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, the anointed one. So it says here that he who establishes us and he who has anointed us is God. So you are anointed. God has anointed you and I. And he didn't give us a lesser degree of his anointing. He anointed us with his Holy Spirit and with his power. And that's something that you should always remember. We can also see it in 1 John chapter 2 as I wrap up this particular section of the teaching. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20 and 27. 1 John 2.20 says, But you have an anointing. Can you see that? John is saying, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have an anointing. And in verse 27, it says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teaches you but as that same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So we see it all over the scripture. You and I are anointed. That anointing abides in you. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you. And he says that anointing teaches you all things and is true. And we know that the Spirit of God. In John 16, 13, it's called the spirit of truth. So you can't separate the anointing from the power from the Holy Spirit. They're all together. But the big good news for us today is that we are anointed. You are anointed just like Jesus was anointed. And you can go around doing good and healing those that are oppressed of the devil. You can go around in the power of that anointing and lay hands on sick. You can go around and declare that you are the anointed of God. And so you are an untouchable person in the sight of the Most High God. God bless you and I'll be back with more.